0: There in podcast land, you have set your dials to combat sports with Rhino, episode 19. If you can believe it, what do we talk about here on the CSWR? We talk about boxing, we talk about kickboxing, we talk about MMA, we talk about everything on the combat sports landscape. Uh, on today's show, man, I'm not going to bury the lead. We have a phenomenal interview with top 10 ranked UFC bantamweight Marion the Belizean Bruiser Renault. And so we are very much looking forward to that. But we're going to start out with uh, diving right into our Twitter Q&A that we love to do every week. we got some fire questions this week. And as always, joining us is my co-host with the mo-host, my Twitter question reader, the king of Twitter as far as MMA goes, my good friend and yours, Drea. Drea, who does our first question come from and what does he have to say?
1: The first question comes from the MMA dude at Still the MMA Dude. His question is, hey, Rhino, I think Felicia Spencer is a very live dog against Nunes and people have already written her off. Hear me out. Spencer is incredibly durable and more importantly, has a very strong ground game. I say this could be Nunez's toughest title fight. Thoughts? Just don't be mean if you disagree. I'm trying to keep these questions (laughs) interesting. (laughs) No, just kidding. Be be as mean as you want.
0: (laughs) Uh, Phil, the MMA dude, at Phil, the MMA dude. Uh, You might be surprised, man. No, I I think Felicia Spencer is no joke. I also think that Amanda might be, like, possibly underestimating her. Felicia Spencer, the biggest downfall with her is the level of competition that she's fought and uh, her experience level. She does not have... The amount of fights, particularly the amount of fights on the stage that Nunes had, one thing she really does have going for her is she really will have a size and strength advantage over Amanda, but everything else goes in Amanda's favor. I think um, I think Amanda is too cagey. She is too smart to get into some sort of clinch game, which would absolutely benefit the size and strength of Felicia. Um, of course, I think she's a live dog as well, and I think Felicia will give her a few good spots where she – kind of overpowers her but i think in the long run in the end we're still going to see the goat of the of the women's of the women's mma landscape we got um amanda nunez i have her winning probably by fourth or maybe even fifth round stoppage but it will i think it will be on the feet and it will be by tko so no i don't think that's a laughable concept at all um but, yeah, I still see, obviously, I still see Amanda man uh, winning in the end. So, thank you, my friend. Great question. Great podcast, legislation podcast. If you guys haven't already checked it out, please do so. Uh, our next one comes from our, our new friend of the show, a great guy, Jason, at Jason Scott Adams. And uh, what does Jason have for us this week, Drea?
1: Do you have a favorite pro MMA fight camp? I spent several years working down the street from Jackson Lake MMA. So I'm a bit partial to them, but I think if I could be 20 years younger to join and train in one anywhere in the world, I would probably go to tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. I have a dream of living in Thailand
0: someday. Oh, very cool. Uh, yeah, dude. To answer your question, I don't really have a favorite camp right now. Um, I, I will say this there, there is an all-time favorite camp, that I do have, and that would have been the MFS or the military fighting system out of Bettendorf, Iowa, from, like, the late 90s through, like, the mid-2000s. You want to talk about a roster of champions? There's never been, even, even A.K.A., when A.K.A. had um, had all their champions, so that no one's been able to reproduce the success. Now, granted, it was a smaller pool. This is before the UFC was as big as this. I grant you that. But at one time, they had Jens Pulver, 155 champ, Matt Hughes, 170 champ. Rich Franklin trained there, 185 champ, and Tim Sylvia. And it pains me to talk about Tim Sylvia because I've never liked him, but it's true. He was the heavyweight champ, plus Pat himself, their coach, a former champion, other great fighters like Jeremy Horn, Tony Fricklin, and not to forget, that's where a young Robbie Lawler cut his teeth in the MMA world. So, yeah, definitely. I definitely got really into when I read the book, uh, A Fighter's Heart by Sam Sheridan. And for all the MMA fans, or even just combat sports fans. What a great read. Um, a fighter's heart by Sam Sheridan. He, he basically immersed himself in the military gym for a few months and you kind of got an inside look at what their training was like, what the camaraderie was like, the culture of that gym. And I really just kind of fell in love with it. So yeah, absolutely. My favorite gym of all time, Jason, is the military fighting systems from that era. So great question, my friend. Thank you so much. Uh, our next one comes from our dear friend, Laura Purple Pants. Laura Purple Pants has what for us today, Drea?
1: People have been talking about dream matchups with the lack of fights happening. One of mine is Habib versus Nate. What's one of yours in boxing?
0: Okay, if we're talking boxing only. Uh, there was two dream matchups that I kind of came up with. One is kind of the age-old question for boxing fans, and that's Tyson and Ali, right? So for me, and I know this is going to sound biased, maybe because of my age or whatever, but I actually was able to see Tyson live several times. I kind of go back to, we saw what Joe Frazier was able to do to, to Ali in the, in the fight where he won. And if you're going to tell me that, no disrespect to Joe Frazier, I love him. He's one of my all-time favorites, but you're telling me that Tyson doesn't hit as hard or harder than Joe Frazier. You and I are never going to see eye to eye on things, right? Mike Tyson is faster, stronger, Hits harder, had better head movement than Joe Frazier, period, in my opinion. So I think that Mike Tyson beats Ali. I I don't think it's an early stoppage. I think it's a late stoppage because Ali was so good at distance. He was so good at keeping the jab. He's way taller than Tyson. Um, And I think he would have implored a lot of his footwork skills to stay away from the power. I still think that at some point, if Joe Frazier could do it, Mike Tyson could do it and probably do it earlier. So I would have Mike Tyson winning that fight. You can't argue me, you know, down from that point. I will, I will die on that Hill. Okay. Um, the second one was I'm, I have an all time, Andre Ward stand. I loved Andre Ward. I loved him fighting. Uh, he was one of the best 168ers we ever had. I always had this dream, you know, because I think Floyd got up as high as 154. I wanted them to meet at 160. So to me, for all the time that Floyd was talking so much shit, but always making sure he had a guy either on the, on the up of his career. So he wasn't at his peak yet or a guy on the down of his career. So he was on the downsides. We so had the advantage. Um, I wanted him to fight Andre Ward at 160. I know it's a, it's a reach, but I really always wanted that fight. So yeah, definitely I got Dyson over Ali. And I definitely would add Andre Ward giving Floyd Mather his first Floyd Mayweather his first loss and they met at 160. So great question, Laura Purple Pants, my dear friend. Um our next one comes from our mutual boy, Antonio Pineda. What does Antonio have for us?
1: Antonio says,
0: my brother I
1: know have a boxing question for once. What fight do you want to see? Fury versus Wilder three or Fury versus Joshua? And who do you got winning a big hug for you and my sweet sister.
0: Antonio, my God, what a sweetheart you are. We love having you on buddy. Um, I would, that's a great question. I would much rather see Fury Joshua at this point. We've seen, we've, we've seen what happens when Wilder and Fury get in the ring twice. All excuses aside, all talking about scoring aside, uh, to me, it was a definitive win for Tyson Fury. Um, I want to see Joshua. Joshua, at least if nothing else, has kind of the blueprint of what not to, to do, right? He he knows he would have to move better. He knows he would have to uh, make Tyson chase him rather than chasing Tyson. So for me, it's one hundred percent. I would want to see Fury versus Joshua. But again, if you have, to, if I have to pick, I'm taking Tyson Fury over Joshua by decision. I think. I think Josh would be smart enough to avoid the biggest of the big damage. He's also got great size. You know, he's six six, and he he could be able to, I think, avoid the major damage from Tyson Fury. So, but I still had Tyson Fury winning that fight by decision. So that's how I see that one. Um, thank you so much, Antonio. Hope you're staying safe over there in Europe, my man. Uh, this last this last Twitter question. Is very in depth and it's really was a thinker. So uh, I want to give a f- big thanks to Raging Sweet Potato for really making me work on this one, buddy. It, it was awesome. So, Drea, what was Raging's amazing question this week?
1: Okay. <clears throat> when Zephyr purchased WEC, they kept matchmaker Sean Shelby to help Joe Silva now that they were incorporating more weight classes. When Zephyr purchased Strike Force, they did not bring on its founder, President Scott Coker what do you think the UFC would look like today had they brought Coker in as vice president to Dana in order to help manage the growing company? And by extension, what would Bellator look like had Coker not taken over from revenue?
0: So yeah, Rachel sweet potato man. What a great question from the great white North of old Canada. Um, as far as I'm concerned, if Scott came over to be the VP of the UFC, I don't see there being a huge difference in the product, dude. Um, Dana is one of those guys who I, I, I'm going to say is probably a micromanager. I think he has his finger in every single aspect of it. So I think Coker would still be somebody that the fighters would maybe feel more accessible because he's, he, you know, he's a fighters promoter. And I know he had a lot of relationships previously with other guys who went into the UFC. Um, I just don't see the product, the end result of the UFC being a whole lot different now, conversely. It would have What would have happened to Bellator? I think it would have been a whole other story, dude. <clears throat> I think for a long time, Scott Coker ran Bellator the absolute right way as far as being kind of the next tier down from the UFC. He had some great talent. He had appropriate sponsorship. He was on Paramount TV every Friday night that they had a show. It was on Paramount. He was running it right, dude. They had good, they had good guys, and they had a good little hype behind them, and it gave people an alternative to the UFC. Unfortunately, and I'm not pinpointing it on the zone deal, but I will say since the came into the mix, and. Now that there are fights on all different times, there are fights some are on Paramount, some are on the zone, some are on the Bellator app, some are during the middle of the day. If they're there foreign fights, some are domestic fights come on at nine, 10, 11, Who knows? The schedule has just been a nightmare for them for a long time. So Scott Coker, I think, has a lot of great ideas. I think Scott Coker is a guy that the fighters love to fight for, dude. I think he pays very well for what he's able to pay um, as opposed to the UFC, which we'll get into another day. <laughs> but I think Scott Coker, had he not been there to kind of lead Bellator where they were, I think they would have gone under very soon if he would have left for the UFC. I don't know. I don't know anybody else who could have run it as well. Uh Coming off of all his experience with force with their Showtime deal. Yeah, I think Bellator would have would have sunk, unfortunately. So, yeah, if they want to get back to being, a you know, just one tear down with the UFC and juice and I have talked about it. We talked about it at length, just beyond paramount, just beyond Fridays and just beyond at 9 PM. And I guarantee you, you have a whole lot of fans, a whole lot happier with your product. So raise sweet potato. What a question. Thank you so much, my dear friend. And uh, so yeah, Drea, now that we have finished our, our Twitter questions. Now is the time for your drop of the night. And if you guys have not listened before, you're not familiar with this segment, Drea picks a great drop that has happened across the uh, landscape of combat sports. And what do we have for today's show? My friend Drea.
1: Okay. So for those of you that don't know, I obviously, I love MMA, but kickboxing and Muay Thai are like my sports. So this drop of the night is going to, comes from it's a pretty old old fight comes from glory 13 tokyo uh between nikki holskin and bazooka joe valtellini um it was the welterweight world championship tournament um, in december of 2013 this drop of the night nikki holskin drops bazooka joe at the very end of the fight it was absolutely amazing this fight was a just I can't even explain it. It was back and forth. <laughs> it was back and forth the entire fight. Um, the last round, he uh, Nikki almost drops. Well, oh yeah, I guess he almost drops um, Bazooka Joe with a liver shot, but he recovers from it. And you know, there was an exchange where I literally thought Bazooka, Bazooka Joe was gonna take it. I mean, this final exchange. But Nikki throws this overhand right. It drops him, and it was lights out. It. <laughs> it ended him and it was an awesome drop of the night. So I will be posting that link uh on the Twitter show post. I hope you guys can watch it if you haven't already seen it. I mean it is kind of an icon of of kickboxing fights, but
0: <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, definitely that's a great drop of the night. The uh for maybe maybe some people who are not familiar with actually seeing Bazooka Joe fight. Uh, he's the glory commentator. So if you've caught glory uh in the last few years, he's almost always one of the guys on the mic. Great fighter, but Nikki Holstein, second generation out of uh out of the Netherlands, phenomenal kickboxer. This is a great example of of how good glory can be and how good kickboxing at the high level, you know, the highest levels could be. So yeah, I fully co signed in this drop of the night. Great pick, Drea. You know I'm also a kickboxing stand in addition to be a boxing and MMA stand. So, yeah, this was awesome. I love that we branch out sometimes with that. So, yeah, it's wonderful. Drop of the night for Drea's drop of the night. You guys look forward to that link later up on Twitter. And, Drea, once again, thank you so much for your Twitter question reading today. And we look forward to having you back next week.
1: Thank you for having me, and I will see you next week. All right,
0: now we're going to lead into the portion for our Twitter call. I'm Twitter, not Twitter. <laughs> our call-in questions. And I know the first one, G. Rains, I believe comes from the big homie, Jim Asoon. what do you have for us today, my man?
1: What's going on, you bunch of fucking casuals? So, Rhino, I think my question for you is going to be about Tony. Trying to think, yeah, I'm starting with getting questions now. You know what I mean. Um, but my question for you really is going to be Tony cutting that weight. Um, I don't think it was a smart thing to do, but you know, it's Tony. What are you going to do, right? The only way I say I don't think it's a smart thing is because what if you're going to go back and cut weight again on May 8th or 7th, whatever that is, fucking the of date as they cut the weight. You know what I mean? So, I'd like to get your thoughts on that. Keep up the great work. It is always 420. Peace, motherfuckers.
0: Oh, Big Jim soon you never let us down with the content of your questions, my man. So as far as Tony practicing his weight cut, here's, here's what I have for this. Okay, the effects of weight cutting is different for everybody. There are some guys and girls who... I could do it fairly easily. It doesn't really affect them. And they can replenish fluids and food and feel pretty good very soon thereafter. Other people, it's brutal on them. Either it's too much or everyone's just different. You know what I mean? So um, I've seen other guys do this. They've done mock cuts, if you will. The one that sticks out in my mind the most is when Sean Shirk decided to move down from 155 to 145. He did a mock cut you know, a month or two out from doing it for the first time. And he said that that was the key to figuring out the the way to do it for his, for his one forty five debut. So uh, only Tony knows, but I, you know, if anybody is going to be 100% recovered, like who knows that they could do this in time and be 100% recovered. It's Tony Ferguson. The dude is about as, mentally sharp and tough as they come. I know he's strange. I know he's eccentric. I know he does a lot of weird stuff. and says a lot of weird stuff. But when it comes to the fight game, this dude is sharp as a Ginsu knife, bro. So sharp as his elbows. That's all. That's what I should have said. Sharp as his elbows. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I think he's going to be just fine. I don't think there'll be any ill effects of it uh, should the fights actually go on on the ninth and him actually step in the cage for his uh, 5 rider with Gaethje. So that's my thought on that one. Thank you so much, Jim. Hope you're doing well over there in Canada, my man. So speaking of Canada, wow, you know what? Between Rage Sweet Potato, Jim Masood and Dave Fretz, this is a Canadian heavy question section today, buddy. So Dave Fretz, what do you have for us today? Hi, Rhino. Hey, what's up, Rhino? This is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz and at whole Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, i got a question for you here. Just wondering what you think is potentially the greatest fight never to happen, but that can't ever happen now. So um, I'm not talking about uh, Khabib and Ferguson here anymore. Uh, I think across all uh, combat sports too, so it doesn't necessarily have to be MMA. It could be boxing. Um, tie boxing, kickboxing, whatever. What's the greatest fight that uh, we all missed out on, and why? Ooh. Hope you're staying safe, man. We'll talk to you soon. Peace. Oh, I know who led off that one. That was our homie June of the Combat Sports with Rhino mascot himself. Uh, yes, to answer your, your question, Dave, <clears throat> the, the, the fight that I wanted so bad for so long was John Jones and Anderson Silva. Uh, This is when they were both champs. I think this had the potential to be one of the most creative and best stand-up striking matches we had ever seen. I'm talking about, you know, seven, eight, eight years ago. John on the rise, but still, you know, experienced enough. And then Anderson being Anderson at the time. You know, people talk about the size difference. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal. Anderson fought at 205 plenty. You know, he's 6'2". John has that huge reach, but Anderson had a good reach too, and I think that, I think it would have been a really interesting chess match, so yeah, at the time, where people were clamoring more for the Anderson-GSP fight, I really wanted John Jones-Anderson, but it never came to be, and we'll never see it, so yep, that was that was that one for me, buddy, and my heart sinks a little bit, and my shoulders shrug a little bit, even just talking about it, but yeah, for me, John Jones-Anderson Silva, the fight that should have been, that never was, so Thank you, my main man, Dave Fretz. And for those of you who don't know by now, you got to check out Dave Fretz's graphic design stuff. I call him the Einstein of graphic design. Uh, at Dave Fretz, both on IG and Twitter, or at Solo Shoes—that's S-O-L-E, Solo Shoes—he does my posters uh, for my for the guests that I have. He does all kinds of cool stuff, graphic design-wise. Check him out if you want some shoes with your amazing graphic design work. You contact Dave Fretz. So. Thank you very much on that, my man Dave. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, you want to talk about an a amazing guest to have. Uh, UFC Bantamweight 135 or the Belizean Bruiser, Marion Renault. Folks, I have got a tremendous treat for everyone today, myself included. We have got ourselves top 10 ranked UFC Bantamweight Marion, the Belizean Bruiser. Reno, thank you so much for joining us today, Marion. Thank you, thank you for having me. And actually, it's pronounced Marion. I've, it. <laughs> I've got it. Marion, I've got it. So I am, I am happy to pronounce it. You absolutely deserve it. So Marion, I don't know if you know or not, but you and I have several things in common. I will go down the list. A, we are both, <laughs> we are both educators. You, uh, a high school physical education, myself, elementary, special education. So there's that. We are right. both we are both professional fighters just on the north side of 40, which makes us extra cool. Okay. We are both dog lovers. That's oh, that's God. three. And we that's are... Number one. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. I should have let in with that one. You're probably right. And okay. uh, so, yeah, that's, that's three. So basically, we're really good friends already, just so you know.
2: Um, and do you own a gym or do
0: you run a gym i am no i belong to a gym i do not own a gym at all i do coach uh boxing at our gym our gym uh, oh, does right. judo jiu-jitsu kickboxing and boxing and i'm the boxing coach so i, right, I was looking into that i saw that yes I, I miss i miss those guys terribly but we got to get through this uh health crisis first then we can get back to business so let's uh let's dial in so first round with rhino marion i want to make sure yeah. i said that correctly are you ready to go i'm ready to go cool uh marion as always one of my favorite things to ask my guests when i have them on the show is what was the genesis like what first guy you interested in mixed martial arts the money.
2: Believe it or not, I was a struggling single parent at the time. And all I could think about was I'm not going to be able to afford college for my son. Actually, I'm not going to even be able to afford clothes for my son. And so when somebody said that these two women, the two women that I saw, it was Chris Cyborg and Gina Corona, when I seen those two fighting and somebody told me that they were getting paid to do that, I was like, what? You get paid to fight? Sign me up. So that was Yeah the genesis it was just to make money and not only that i grew up fighting all the time i was getting suspended all the time in high school so it
0: was like okay that's right up my alley i can do that yeah (laughs) so that's a great segue into uh, our next question is is that where the Belizean bruiser nickname derived from from the school fights or was that a after you started fighting (laughs) nickname
2: Oh, well, it was, it came from being the only female in the gym at the time. And when I first started, I was like a, what would they call a newborn vampire? I was wild. I was crazy. And I, no matter who I was going with, I would always end up hitting them in the balls. So they end up. <laughs> that is no joke. It's the true story. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's always, there's always something to be said about that. So we have several females who traded our gym too. And yeah, the, uh, the inevitably there's always a nut shot that we, we all stop and as long as they're okay, we then laugh at. So yeah, I can completely I relate. Would.
2: Oh no. If you were rolling with me, if you were sparring with me 100% of the time you were getting checked in the nuts. And so they were like, man, I don't
0: ever have like." cup. They were so afraid to roll with me. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so you obviously, like all the rest of us, you started out on the regional scene um, can you kind of walk us through that first time, uh, getting like walking through the curtain for your first UFC fight? Like what the big difference was, what are some of the, the sounds and the sights that are, how, how it made you feel?
2: Well, my first fight was over at Eagle mountain here. Um, and that was pretty much where every fighter out here got their first fight. And I think I fought for $300 at the time, which I was super stoked about because I got to buy sure. groceries, but, um, sure. There was no curtain I was walking through. I basically walked behind bleachers, um, underneath all the spectators, and then boom, I walked out into the arena and then there was a cage. Um, The difference between that and the UFC is there are multiple people backstage making sure everything functions and they all have a duty either walking you out, making sure you have your gloves, making sure you have your equipment, etc., And then you walk out and there's a camera right smack dab in your face with the brightest light ever. And me being the clumsiest athlete you've ever seen, praying I don't fall on my way out to the cage. <laughs> so, and then microphones, and then the crowd is wild, and then the music is loud. I mean, the ambiance of a UFC fight versus a regional fight, it's a little bit different because of like i say the lights and the cameras and stuff
0: like that sure um so obviously sticking with our ufc talk obviously the caitlin vieta fight has been postponed uh do we mm-hmm. know or do you know for sure that that's your opponent when business resumes or has the ufc brass kind of said well we'll wait and see there may be an opponent switch like as far as you know is that still your next opponent we have
2: no idea at this time. All we've been told is to stay in shape and stay ready. So that's basically what I'm doing. I don't know if it is Viera. I don't know if it is somebody else. Um, all I know is that when it does get started again, that um, the people who had fights initially will be called up first. Um, and that was a promise that he made to us.
0: Oh, Great. So at least you have some semblance of of knowing something as opposed to being completely in the dark. At least you got that to work with. Um, oh yeah. So what? Yeah, that's that's great. So what? <laughs> those of us who have followed your career from the beginning until now in the UFC, um, there's no other way to put it, Mari, you've been matched very tough, tougher than most in your UFC career. Uh, you have fought you have fought multiple fighters who either have held the title or were title contenders or were future titleists or contenders, uh, something tells me that's exactly the way that you wanted it to be. Um, is that the case? Were you, have you always just kind of been the I want the toughest, I want the toughest chick in my division. I want the toughest fight you can give me. Bring it all on. I just don't say no. <laughs> um,
2: pretty much, you know, <laughs> they're like, Hey, you're gonna fight this person. I'm like, All right, let's run it. All right, you're gonna fight this person. Okay, let's run it. Like it's just one of those things, you know. I I don't know if they're like, oh, Okay, you know, if I was somebody they were trying to see if I would be good enough. But I love that challenge, and I love being the underdog. That's what I tell everybody. If I'm the underdog, I fight so much better. If you think I'm going to lose, thank you. If you say I don't have the skills, thank you. I'm going to prove you 100% wrong why I'm going to win you over
0: and you're going to be my fan. Oh, that's phenomenal. So that's a great answer. Um, I, I've been asked by multiple people over the course of my career. You know, I've been a pro heavyweight boxer for like 12 years, like a really long time, long career. Um, they've asked me over and over throughout the time, like, how do you balance work and training? And for me, um, I'm not married. I don't have a kid. I, you know, I don't own a gym. So for me, it's been fairly easy. And as you know, working at a school, it's the best schedule in the world, at least for me. I, I don't want to speak for you, but man, I love knowing exactly what days I have off in advance, know my exact schedule, it never changes. So you can kind of work yourself around that. Now for you, you got to include the, the the husband and the gym and the kid, the, all that stuff. So how have you been able to balance that uh, throughout your life? That's that's the million dollar question. Everybody's,
2: everybody has asked me that question. And to be honest with you, I think my career as a track athlete, a uh, heptathlete, mind you, in college has prepared me. So when I was in college at Long Beach State, I was a heptathlete on scholarship, but I had to work a part-time job and I had 18 units because I was double majoring. And so I had to make it work. And it's not like I had an easy major. I was majoring in athletic training. And so I made it work and I believe that that set me up for what I'm doing now. I always found a way because I never use time as an excuse. I don't have enough time. There's always enough time in the day. Either you're going to have to wake up a little bit earlier or you're going to have to go to bed a little bit later. And so mine was wake up a little bit earlier and get stuff done. Any amount of time, like my prep period, any amount of time that I had, that's when I was working. I would find a way to work. Um, and make time for my family and make time for my gym and my members. It was just, it, honestly, to me, if it's important to you, you'll find a way.
0: Oh, all right. Well, I certainly feel like a lazier bum than I've ever felt at right <laughs> this moment. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> uh. No, it's totally great. Um, so are you familiar with Belizean cuisine? Is that something that you have had over the years?
2: Oh, my grandma has cooked many cuisines for me.
0: Um, Excellent. excellent. Let me stop you there. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. (laughs) Hold on, Marianne. I got to hold on. Hold on. So (laughs) I've got in my research of Belizean cuisine, because I was not familiar with it. Right. So Uh I, in my research of it, I found that the top three Belizean foods are ceviche, Uh fry jack and conch fritters. Okay.
2: So I've had the fritters.
0: I've had the fritters
2: and, and they do like to cook with curry. So it, it, they're, the fritters are okay, but I really dislike the taste of curry. I've never established a taste for it, but my dad, he loves it.
0: So out of those ones, the, the ceviche, which I know is like a, it's almost like a stew or a soup with um, seafood, and then the fry jack, which are kind of like savory donuts. Have you yep. had any of these ones?
2: Uh, are any of these your favorite? Um, I like ceviche. Ceviche is really good. It's made with um, well any any seafood, but I like the shrimp in
0: it. Okay. I was I was looking through and I'm not a huge seafood guy, but I mean I'm telling you, Marion, some of these uh. pictures that I found on there was like I was my mouth was watering. Everything looks so good. <laughs> all the onion and the garlic and all these yeah. they were putting there. Oh my God. You can't knock it before you try it.
2: And and since I was raised on it, um, I found that my, my grandma would put a certain serving a side away for me that didn't have curry in it, especially when she made the chicken. I told her I didn't like that that sauce. I would tell her I don't like that sauce. And she's like, that's what <laughs> I you know? But, yeah, um, yeah everything else.
0: Uh, I mean, again, it looks so amazing. The first opportunity I have to find a Belizean restaurant I am so going in there, and I can't wait for it. So, um, so yeah, our next question uh, for you, Marion, is if you had to pick a fight in your entire entire career that you felt like you were able to show the most of you, i.e. the most skill set, whatever, however you take that, but what you were able to show the most Belizean bruiser in, what fight would that have been?
2: Probably my first fight in the UFC against um, Alexis de Frenzy. Okay. I think I think I was able to um, showcase a little bit of my takedown defense, um, my boxing skill set, my um, a little bit of my muay thai and my defense. Um, I think I was. I think. I think that was my best best one yet. But have I improved since that point? Absolutely. I feel like I've gotten a little bit faster. I understand the game a little bit more. Um, I have had I've, I have made some mistakes along the way, obviously, but I've learned from them.
0: You could not have answered better to segue into the next question, which is <laughs> I have for you right here, which is um, so. If you had the chance to avenge any of the L's that you've ever taken in your career, who would it be against, and what would you say would be the difference in game plan or improvement that you'd know for a fact that you'd make? So, like, if you could avenge one of your L's. Who would it be and how would it be different? Hands down, Holly. Holly home. Oh, I love it. I love it.
2: Hands down. So at that time, I was part of a fight camp that I'm no longer a part of that didn't put a lot of time into um, training for that camp. They didn't really take it seriously. They're like, oh, just take her down. But takedowns are very difficult, as you know. So I, I definitely think you would see a different person um, going into that fight, somebody who is more mentally prepared and physically prepared um, for what what's to come with that fight.
0: Again, it's almost as if I showed you my sheet prior to because I have circled <laughs> Holly home and what uh, I thought would be different this next time. So fantastic. Uh, so nice. Marion, once again, we are we are careening into nice. the end of our last our last question. Now, the 10th okay. round with Rhino, for my listeners who know, and everybody I've interviewed, is this is the this is the out-of-the-box question. This is the crazy, obscure, you really got to put your thinking and creative cap on. So this is what I came up with. So we've all been seeing lately about all this talk of, like, Fight Island. Is Fight Island going to be a thing? You know, what's going to happen? So I started thinking about islands. Then I started thinking about Survivor. Then I started thinking about what am I going to do for the 10th round with Marion? So here it is. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> Oh, no. That? Oh, yes, no. Marion, you are gonna have to spend six months on an island uninhabited by anybody. You okay. obviously get to take you obviously get to take your husband and your family. Like that's you know that's that's set. They're going with you. But then you that's also need I- to. Ex- <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I thought for sure you were gonna say, well, I have to have my family first. I just included them in there. <laughs> but to, we'll we'll leave it up to you to decide if they're coming or not. I want my so, dogs. <laughs> okay, the dog. Well, the dog, for sure. Yeah, we can't go anywhere without the dog. That's, that's a given. So you now have to pick uh, four other UFC fighters. doesn't matter if they're men, women. You're going to pick four more people who you're going to spend the next six months on okay. a deserted island with as part of the Renault tribe. Who are those four fighters joining you uh, on the island? Oh, I know for a fact it would be Aston Ladd because
2: she's a mountaineer. She's, she's totally into plants and mountain foods and being out in the wild, so she'll protect me. Um, yes. Definitely <laughs> okay. taking um, Andrea KGB Lee, because she's funny. She'll crack jokes. Um, taking her. I'm taking Fluffy. Um, um, he's actually part of the MMA gold team, too. He is hilarious, and he's a mountaineer man, too. So I know awesome. he'll find They'll find food out of nothing, and then I, let me see, my last one, I'll take DC, I'll take DC with me, because he's pretty funny, and um, if push comes to seven, we don't have any food, I'll just start, we'll start eating him. (laughs) Uh, I'm oh kidding,
0: my god. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> I gotta remind myself to tag him later when I release uh, this. Oh, no. it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, Marion, Marion, besides the scolding in the beginning for mispronouncing your name, which I humbly and deeply apologize for, this was an amazing. Ten rounds with Rhino. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you being on. And like when I like I ask all my guests, it's like I don't know, six months from now, after a fight or two in between, if you wouldn't mind coming back on, we would love to have you on for a uh, for a follow up. If that was cool with you.
2: Absolutely, It was fun. I I, it I is like fun.
0: The-, <laughs> the tenth round is <laughs> on my toes. <laughs> the tenth round is always the one that the guests, the guests like the best. I'm waiting for the day where. I say one where someone's like, oh, that's just lame. I'm not answering that. But (laughs) fortunately, that day has not come. So, uh, yeah, once again, Marion, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we will definitely talk to you soon.
2: All right. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So this is Marion Renault, and I
2: just went 10 rounds with the Rhino.
0: I mean, come on, Fight Fans. What a treat having Marion on the show. Thank you again so much, Belizean Bruiser. That was too awesome. Uh, And now, as I love to say every week, we are careening towards the end of our show. I got to give shout-outs to all the people who uh, wrote in and called in questions today. The homie Phil, the MMA dude, Jason, Laura, Antonio, Raging Sweet Potato, Jim Masood, and Dave Fretz, as well as uh, shout-out members of the Rhino gang, Ken, my 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 dear homie Juice for the Funny With Myself podcast, Ashley then Maynard, G and Mike from Woe TV and the Woe cast. Just uh Laura Laura, thank you again for your question. Uh Mama, Scottish Blaze, I mean everybody who who is a part of the Rhino gang, uh Deja for sure. Uh, I, I really couldn't do the show without you guys. Thank you again so much. Uh, to the homie D Reigns for his engineering expertise, and our girl Drea for her Twitter question reading and her Drea's drop of the night. Now, there will be a little bit of a teaser for next week's guest, next week's mystery guest. So, he is a uh, here's the hint, right? Because I love to do hints. Here is the hint for next week's mystery guest UFC 145er nickname has a famous movie title in it. Hmm, what could it be? I love all you conspiracy theorists. Go ahead and try on that one. So, without further ado, we love it. Thank you guys so much. Stay safe. Stay inside. We will get through this together, and we will see you next week. Inside.